Hello and welcome to the podcast for Another Chance for Youth. We are the global connecting place for all things in relation to youth all across the globe. As Franklin Roosevelt says, we cannot always build a future for our youth, but we can build our youth for the future. Get connected. Up. Yes. Uh, the Hello. intro is already done. Oh, okay, great. Sorry about that. Um, welcome, everybody, for another chance of youth. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about applying for college. So here we are, uh, early, late September, early October, and most of you might be thinking, oh, gee, Doug, we just started um, our senior year in high school. Why are we talking about college uh, so early? And that's a great question. And, and what we want to do is we want to be doing a couple of different things here. A, we want to be talking to you a little bit about what, uh, what types of colleges are available, uh, whether it's proprietary or a community college, sometimes referred to as a two-year college. Are you going to go to a public institution or a private institution? So there's all kinds of different things we're going to be talking about tonight. And it's really about what's going to be a good fit for you. And I think that's really the key when it comes to talking about higher education and going on for that advanced degree, whether it's an associate degree, a certification, technical degree, or if you're going to go get a bachelor's degree, really just focusing on what's a good comfort level for you and what is the type of institution that you should be looking for when it comes to higher education in terms of that. So, but before we get started, Alexa, how are you tonight? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Are you ready to talk a little bit about higher education and college? I know both of us uh, have experience in higher education. And so let me just ask you, when you were looking for a college or a university, what were some things that you were looking for as a young college student? I'm just going to be really 100% honest. As a parent, you might not like my answer. When I was (laughs) 17 years old and I wanted college, I did not want to go to any school that was driving distance from home. I wanted to get the hell away from Dodge. So my goal was to go to a school that was as far away from home as possible. And secondly, Mm -hmm. when I was 17, I wanted to be a lawyer. So my major had to do with law and stuff like that, which quickly changed to psychology. And I was going to major in psychology with a minor in pre-law or something like that, if I remember correctly. That's so long ago. I'm getting old. Oh, yeah. Getting old, right? We all are. Well, you know, I, I think you make a great point, and I, and I think that's something that uh, we shouldn't shy away from is um, talking a little bit about what is a good fit, you know, for, for the student, but also what's a good fit for the parent. And, and in terms of that, and I, I think what you're really getting at is that independence that a lot of 18-, 19-year-olds want. Um, 
and, and kind of crave. I think that's a very natural uh, instinct that we all have. I was the same way when I was, you know, 18, 19, looking to go to college as well. Uh, you want to get away from home. You want to kind of get away from your parents and kind of be on your own and independent. And I think college is that good middle ground where you're not completely independent and away from your parents because a lot of times, and, and something we're going to be talking about on Thursday is financial aid and how we need uh, your mom and dad's tax information on, on the FAFSA, et cetera. But we'll talk about that in a future episode on Thursday. But really having that uh, independence of, making sure that uh, you get up to go to class on time, that you're studying. You're probably not going to have mom and dad, uh, you know, uh, breathing down your neck saying that, hey, you know, it's it's getting close uh, for you to get up and, and leave to go to class today. So having that independence and I think being on your own in college is a good balance where you still have a, one foot in both areas in terms of that. So I, I think that's important and to let students grow and, and become independent. And guess what? You're going to make mistakes along the way. And I think that's something that should also be addressed when going to college uh, or just in life in general. You're going to make mistakes. Not every decision that you make is going to be great or a wise choice, but don't beat yourself up on it either. You know, learn to accept and know that. Go ahead. May I add something here? Yeah, go ahead. When when I was applying for college, to be really 100% honest, my aunt didn't know a lot about the process to apply for college, so I was really left on my own. So the intention of tonight's show is to give you guys a heads up to get you moving because before you know it, senior year is going to pass by you so fast, and deadlines on applying to college, it's not one of those things you want to miss. Because, because if the deadline is over, that's it. Good luck. Try again next year. So while applying to school, like I said, I wanted to get a, uh, get away from Dodge. But another thing that I would suggest that you look for in a college is it depends what major you're majoring in. Every There are over 300 colleges in this country alone, and some majors are basic majors where a lot of schools are going to carry that major. However, if you are specifically looking for a rare major or a major that is out there but doesn't is not widely known, you're going to have to really narrow, narrow down that school list. So... Like Doug said earlier on this show, you're like, it's the beginning of senior year. Why am I starting to talk about this? Right around the corner, SATs. Before you know it, your first quarter is over. Then it's going to be winter break. Then the next thing you know, you should be getting those letters whether you got in or not. So a head start, you got to beat the crowd, hun. Yeah, no, I think that's that's an excellent point because you were talking about you know, deadlines, et cetera. I think there's two key things that we want to talk about deadlines. One is there could be an admissions deadline. In order to be considered for this upcoming uh, fall uh, class, freshman class, if you will, there may be a deadline that says after day X, whatever that is, we won't consider you. And so I think Alexis is pointing on in, in determining, making sure that you reach out to the, uh, to the admissions office of the institution or institutions that you're looking at 
Because you might be looking at three or four different institutions and shopping around. There's nothing wrong with that. But make sure that you know what that deadline is, if they have one, and they may not, for applying to be considered for the upcoming freshman class. Two is you want to make sure there's not a deadline for financial aid because there might be some institutional scholarships. Here's the thing. Your guide, every Mm -hmm. high school has a guidance counselor that is going to help you, that is somewhat Mm -hmm. knowledgeable about this. And your school might even have a catalog program where you can look at the school's catalog. The best way for you to get these deadlines ahead of time or to know what the requirements are. Not every school has the same GPA requirement. Not every school has the same admissions policy, same deadlines or anything like that. So it's best for you to start early. It's best for you to reach out to those colleges because when I was a senior, in the month of September, all the schools that I was looking at, I literally emailed their admissions department saying, hey, I'm a high school senior. I need more information on your school. And they will send you their official brochure with all the dates, tuition costs, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I hate to say this, senior year is when you're also setting up going out there to visit these schools because they have specific weekends for people who want to check out the school, and you have to register an RSVP for that, and you need those deadlines to get in. So if you were hoping to check out a school before you apply to see if it's a good fit or not, you need to reach out as early as possible. Get your name out there on that list so it can guarantee you that spot to go out there so you can see what campus life is about. And I would recommend any senior to go check out any colleges, any open houses that you can, because it's important. You get to talk to students who actually attend that school. Sometimes they even arrange for you to sit in on a class for you to know what the pace is like. You get to really see what college life is about. It gives you a little glimpse, and it starts your mind thinking what you need to do so you can be one of the students that is going to be admitted there. And by the way, just so you know, senior year is not the way to screw around with your grades. Like if you are one of those who are a 4.0 student, I will keep those grades as high as possible. If you are a student who does not get the stellar grades, this is the year to turn those grades around because competition is And a lot of schools have upped their requirements for GPAs. So any school that you want to get into, check what their minimum GPA is and make sure your GPA is above that minimum GPA. Absolutely. I I think you're spot on. The the other thing I would add is, you know, hopefully when you're in high school, you were active in in clubs and organizations, volunteers, and they may ask that. Uh, to be listed on your application for admission. So don't be afraid to talk about the, you know, you were in 4-H or you were in uh, junior leaders or you were in this or in that organization. They want to see that. And we're going to talk about this in in a couple of episodes. We're going to be talking about scholarships. That's something else that they want to see on scholarship applications. But, again, I don't want to get too far down the road. Uh, The other thing that you want to uh, take in consideration when you're talking to the admissions office, they are going to be your best friend. 
They want to see you there as much as you want to be there. So they have no reason to mislead you or tell you bad information. They are there to help you and to be honest and open about the experience there. And something else that you may want to take in consideration, I know a lot of institutions right now are moving away from the ACT or SAT test scores. That does not mean every single institution is doing that. Make sure, and I can't stress this enough, make sure you stay in contact with the missions. Go to their website. Make a phone call to see if there is a minimum SAT or ACT test score along with the GPA to be considered. So make sure that you stay in contact with that office because they are there to help you through the process and answer any questions that you might have. Now that we're in the world of COVID, something to keep in mind, they make, and Alexis is just right, or spot on when she was talking about having people come to college or come to campus, if you will, to have a tour, et cetera. Those days are kind of on hold right now. I know a lot of institutions are having virtual appointments uh, and meetings. That's, that's not the same as being on campus. I can remember when I was on campus going to my alma mater, walking around. I enjoyed it. It kind of gives you a nice feel. It's not the same thing, but please don't let COVID be a, an excuse for you. Um, a lot of colleges and universities are open right now. They're doing business, and they're having classes in person and or online. So that's just something else you want to uh, take in consideration and talk to as well. And then I mentioned making sure that you make sure that there's no deadlines uh, for any aid out there as well. And we'll talk about that in a future uh, episode as well, talking about financial aid. But it's not just emissions applications for the deadlines. There might be financial aid, so they might need some information from you as well. So a lot of things to, to take in consideration. Uh, the other thing uh, is – go ahead. May, may I say something? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Every admission that you – every request that you make, you're going to need recommendation letters. Let me – be 100% honest with you. Your guidance counselor is definitely going to write you a college recommendation letter. It's usually tradition. That might not be the best person to write you your recommendation letter. Unless you know your guidance counselor really well, let me be 100% honest. I only saw my guidance counselor five times when I was in high school. Once was a personal reason and once per year when I had to sign up for classes. Other than that, I did not know my guidance counselor. I know for a fact she wrote um, me a college recommendation letter. I would recommend you to pick whoever it is that writes your recommendation letter well. It should be a teacher who knows you well. It should be a teacher who can write more than uh, your excellent student. Why? Competition is just out there. Every student who is applying definitely meets the minimum requirements or else their application wouldn't be there. So in order for your application to stand out, it's going to come down to what Doug says, whether you play any sports, whether you're in any club, choir is definitely one of those things like I did. Your recommendation letters are, can make the difference between you and another yep. applicant and the professor, and not professor, sorry, the teacher that writes mm-hmm. your recommendation letter. If you play sports, it should be your coach. 
if you do choir, and choir is usually year after year after year. I had it for four years. That was the teacher that I asked. I had a specific teacher for two years in a row. That was the teacher I asked. I don't ask a teacher that I only had for one year if I did not enjoy that class, if the teacher was not a really good teacher, if the teacher does not know you that well. Don't ask that person to write you a recommendation letter. Go find somebody who knows you really well that can write you a stellar recommendation letter. Other than the traditional, oh, he or she is a very good student, oh, he or she did very well in my class, that doesn't tell the college why they should pick you. That doesn't make you stand out in the crowd, because all those other students were stellar students, too. What will make you stand out, uh, out in the crowd is my choir teacher basically listed that I was in choir for four years. I did district choir for two years. I was um, our senior leader. I led many of the practices. I organized a lot of things for choir. That makes me stand out. I also did leadership things, and I also was in other clubs, and I was the president of two of those clubs. That makes me stand out. So for you, you need to come down up with a list about yourself that makes you stand out. Include that list to whoever is writing your recommendation letter so they can make sure the letter is going to make you a standout candidate. Yeah, and I think that's a great point because they might not know everything that you're involved in. So, yes, they may be a teacher at, the at your school, but they may not have realized that you're on the yearbook club or that you were in choir or you were in X or you were in Y. So it doesn't hurt to, to let them know, especially if you're in organizations off campus. Maybe you're in the Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, you're an Eagle Scout. Whatever that case might be, letting somebody else know that information is not going to hurt you. Um, in that process. So just keep that in mind there. Uh, I think we'll, once we come back from the break here, a couple of things I want to talk about is what is the difference between some of the different institutions? So you hear about proprietary school, you hear about community colleges, a private versus a public four-year institution. And then I also just want to kind of share a little bit of my, my story of what happened to me in the process that I changed major. And that's something that um, I think it's very common. But we'll talk about that when we get back from the break and, 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 and um, just talk about some of the different types of colleges and, like I said, share my story as well. Hi, it's Alexis with some Youth Buzz News. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration issued a warning Thursday over serious problems with high doses of the common over-the-counter allergy medication Benadryl. Too much Benadryl can lead to severe health problems, including serious heart problems, seizures, coma, and even death. The FDA cited reports of teenagers ending up in the hospital emergency rooms or dying after participating in the so-called Benadryl Challenge on the social media platform TikTok. We are investigating these reports and conducting a review to determine if additional cases have been reported, the agency said in a news release. The FDA said it had contacted TikTok and strongly urged it to remove videos of the Benadryl challenge from its platform and to monitor for any news posts. Back to the show. All right. Thanks, Alexis, uh, for that. So let's just talk very briefly um, about the different types of colleges out there. So uh, sometimes you might hear the word proprietary schools. 
What is a proprietary school? Basically, that is a school that is in the business to make money. Um, and basically, they a lot of times they'll, they'll have one institution, and they may have it in several different cities across the United States. I'm not saying that there's one good or bad, whether it's a public or a private or a two-year versus proprietary or nonprofit, et cetera. Just know that you have to find the school that's right for you and make sure that you're making a, a good, wise decision. I would also look at some of these schools and see what is their graduation rate? What is their placement rate? Uh, what's their debt-to-income ratio? Um, how much money do you think you're going to have to borrow in student loans? I mean, we're not here to talk about um, getting anybody in, in the serious debt, but also that's a fine balance because you want to be able to, to – to, to get a great education. So just keep things in consideration and do not be afraid to ask questions. This is your life. This is your money. This is your education. So take charge of it and don't be afraid to ask questions in terms of that. So then we have a community college or a two-year. Um, uh, most of those are uh, uh, public, in yeah, public institutions. Usually community college means that you can go for two years and get an associate degree. A lot of times they have relationships with four-year institutions, so where you can graduate with your associate degree, and then those credits will transfer into a four-year degree at another institution where you can finish that, that work and maybe work on your bachelor's degree. The nice thing about a two-year institution or a community college, typically, not always, but typically <laughs> – you can go to those institutions and knock out like your math and your science or gen ed and transfer those in because it's cheaper. So you have to take a general ed, so many general ed classes. So let's just say, for example, you have to take a math class. It may be cheaper to take it at your local community college and transfer it into a four-year institution than it is to pay for, at the four-year institution. That's not may always I the case. Yeah, go ahead. What you just said about a two-year and a four-year is true, but the one thing that you failed to mention is for those students who are considering going down that path, the one thing that I have to warn you about, make sure those credits will transfer. Not every institution is going to accept those credits. So when you're considering a community college, like here in the state of Virginia where I live, if you attend a two-year community college, here in my area, it's known as Northern Virginia Community College, it's guaranteed that your credits will transfer to any four-year school here in Virginia. So you don't have that worry. But in other states, that might not be the case. And I would hate for you to have to retake those classes because depending on the institution is depending on the amount of credit the class is worth. So your credit might be important for you to graduate from that to your institution, but your credit might not be the same amount of credit worth to that four-year school. That's actually happened to me when I transferred my nursing degree over to my current school right now. A lot of my, uh, my, most of my general credits transferred, but I had two major classes that did not transfer because the credit amount weren't the same. No, and that's an excellent point, and, and um, you're spot on. Just make sure, talk with the institutions. Make sure you talk with the two-year institution and the four-year institution that you're getting ready to transfer to 
to make sure that those are compatible and they transfer. They don't have to take those classes. It's not like there's a law that says if you take an English class here, that has to be accepted over here. Uh, so just, again, I can't stress this enough. Sure, that you take charge of your, your education, but you ask a lot of questions uh, in terms of that. So that, that's a great point, and I'm glad you, uh, you, you mentioned that this evening, Alexis. The other thing that I want to talk about then is the four-year institutions. Uh, that's your typical colleges. A lot of times that's your state university, you know, insert whatever state you're in, state of Texas, Texas State University, Indiana State, uh, et cetera, et cetera, Illinois State. This, the list goes on and on. Those are institutions that are basically uh, supported by the state legislators and, and taxpayer money. Uh, we also have private schools that are out there. Typically, those are four-year institutions. Typically, those are a little bit higher because they're not as supported with state funds as a public institution is. So, again, all these institutions that we talked about can have different requirements for admissions. Um, and so you, I, I just can't stress that enough. Please talk to your admissions uh, office. And you can look at a two-year, a four-year public versus a private you could shop all four of the different types of institutions we've talked about to find what's right for you. So there's no magic that says, well, if you're looking at a state institution, then you, you can't look at a private or a two-year. That's not true. You can look and shop around to any and every college uh, that you want. Just talk to their admissions office because, like I said, they are here to help you to assist you in that process. Okay. Next thing I want to talk about is my experience. And so I kind of hinted about this prior to the break, is that when I was a high school senior, I thought I wanted to be an art teacher. Matter of fact, I knew I wanted to be an art teacher. And so I, I had my plans, my side, I wanted to, I, I, that's exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to teach art and was, wanted to coach high school basketball and teach art in, in a public um, high school. Well, I, my family and I decided to go. I was accepted to a, a particular institution, and I'm not going to name it because there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that we're not here to, to, to um, um, talk about institutions. But when I went up there for my visit, I immediately knew that place wasn't for me. It wasn't that it was a bad institution. It wasn't that anybody did anything. It wasn't that anybody had said anything. I think it was because I was from a very small town and going to a much bigger town, I really felt I was going to be ate up and swallowed in the process. And so I was going to be going to an institution that was about four hours from home. And I'll be honest with you, it, again, like I said, I can't stress this enough. It wasn't the institution. It was more me. Okay. So I talked to my parents and, I basically went to a state institution a little bit closer to home. It was about an hour away from home. I was accepted, and I was accepted into the art art program. And I'll tell you what, I don't know what happened or what it was, but when I was going to this, my alma mater now, I, I, I no longer wanted to be an art teacher. And I think it was because of the experience I had. Again, it wasn't a bad experience. It was just it kind of left, left a bad taste in my mouth. So I changed majors before I even signed up for any class. And I 
I decided and stuck with it to be a political science major. And so that's what I graduated with a four-year degree in for my alma mater was a political science major. I tell you this, too, for a couple reasons. One, it kind of goes back to what we were talking at the beginning of the episode is make sure that you have a, the right place for you, okay? Make sure that you feel like that institution that you choose or you, you, you pick is something that's going to be a good fit for you. Because you, you're going to probably be there for two to four years, whether it's a two-year or four-year institution. So you're going to be spending a lot of time there. You want to make it feel like home as much as you can and make it your home. The second thing I want to talk about is it is very natural and very common for people to change their majors. So just because you say you're going to be an art teacher in year one, does not necessarily mean that that's what you're going to graduate with because as you take different courses, you talk to people, you are going to get a feel for other options. And you might be in a classroom that go, that really spoke to me. That's what I want to do. So that is not uncommon. Make sure you talk to your academic advisors because you just don't want to make changes without going through the proper channel because you don't want to be there any longer than you have to because it can cost you more money in the long term. So making sure that you go through the proper channels. But, you know, on average, I've seen students change their majors two to three times while they're there. Sometimes it extends the length of their, their stay, but sometimes it doesn't. So just be careful and just know that it's, it's common. That's nothing unusual. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Students do it all the time. I did it, and I was still able to graduate within four years. The, Saving grace for me, though, was I changed before I started and then got on the right path for me, for me personally. So I just wanted to bring up those couple, those, that story to let you know that there are reasons why students change. It's not uncommon. And now you also don't want to be the professional student that's there forever and never graduates because you, you do want to graduate, get out, start making uh, payments if you have student loans, et cetera. But there's nothing wrong with being a student that goes back for a, a different degree, another degree, whether it's another bachelor's degree or an advanced degree, et cetera. It's just that institutions are there to help you prepare and to make sure that you get graduated uh, in a reasonable time. May I add something? Absolutely. Please do. It's interesting that you said you changed your major. Here is mm-hmm. my advice to students out there. When you're a high school senior, your world is very, very small, okay? You have all mm-hmm. these dreams that what you're going to be like when you grow up. It's kind of like when you're five years old, your mommy asks you what you want to be. You say, ballerina. Some might say a teacher, some might say a firefighter, and then when you're 18, those might not be the same answers. Your freshman year in college is when you're going to learn so many lessons. You're going to discover so much about yourself. So my advice to you is, like Doug says, it's perfectly okay 
to change your major. And if you are unsure about what major, don't declare a major. Just declare an undecided major. An undecided major basically will allow you to take the general courses that every major requires you to take to graduate, but it will also give you the chance to explore. Like, I'm a health science major, but I took some classes in psychology to satisfy uh, arts credit, right? I took some classes in psychology. I learned a lot, right? I also took uh, course in critical thinking. There are so many classes out there that you yourself get to try. Yes, college costs money. And yes, you are required to take your general studies alongside with your core classes that have to do with your major. But if you are unsure what your major should be, you don't have to declare a major. You can just say undecided. Unde- your freshman year is when you're going to meet so many amazing people. You're going to be introduced to so many new situations that it might inspire you to choose your major. And the thing about changing your major, the only thing that I won't recommend you do is wait until you're almost a senior in college and then change your major. That's not the time to do it. Do it earlier ahead so that way you're not going to be that forever student that Doug mentioned because I remember when I was 18 and I went away to school – one of the students that I met, it was his third senior year because he kept on changing his major and he was majoring in a lot of things. I, I'm sorry. I don't want to be in college forever. Right. And some people do that and that's that's exactly, I mean, that's okay and that's fine. It's just that I, I'm going to be like you. Be very careful because we would love to see you graduate and be productive citizens, make money, and do what you love to do. But if you also decide that uh, you need to change major for whatever reason, that, that's your choice. And, and we just we just want to throw a little caution in the wind and let you know that you got to do what's best for you, but the longer you prolong that and change, the longer it's going to take you to get out there and get that dream job and make the millions of bucks that uh, you were meant to make uh, in the process. So just making sure that, uh, you know, you understand the process in there. And like I said, take control. Ask questions. Nothing is wrong with with asking questions. And with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back because I have something to add to that, too. I just remembered something. We'll be right back. Ah, man. Every time I think about the children in the world today, I begin to smile because I know we all have said it. We were all children once, and we all want to be grown. And when you become grown, you want to become a kid again. Man, I'm telling you, our kids have the best opportunity in life as long as we do what we're supposed to do. This is Tawanda with another chance for youth. I want to share with everyone that listens that we are super excited about another chance for youth, what we're doing, and so much that the future holds. If you have no idea who we are, please purchase our book. We'll be available everywhere. You can purchase books and on our website called Why Another Chance for Youth. Also, 
we have several campaigns that we're working on, and one is on bullying. You could also get our workbook on bullying from our website as well. We are so super excited about everything that's going on in the world and for the children. Please connect with us, support the movement, join the campaign, and remember what we do today can help the youth tomorrow. So right before the break, I hinted that I had something to add. Here's the thing. When you get to college and you declared your major, right, and you know what it Mm -hmm. is that you want out of life, you want a specific job, I was just given this advice, and I cannot believe it was not given to me when I was a lot younger. You can do the smart thing and do what is known as stacking. Stacking is those degrees and or those certificates that makes you stand apart from the person that wants to apply for that job, the same as you. For example, I'm a health science major, but I definitely want to work with the elderly people. I can make myself stand out by having a CNA certificate. I have one. I also have a certificate as a PCA. I also might be going back to school to get my nursing degree just so I can basically specialize in the elderly, right? That sets me apart. So my advice to you is if you are unsure what your major should be and you know in the end what it is that you would like to do for a living, Go out there and find somebody out there who is doing what you love and ask them how they got to where they are. And I am pretty sure that a lot of people are very passionate about helping the younger generations. So if you can go and find yourself that mentor that can give you advice, like what courses you should take or what major you should major in, what are the what. Oh, what's what out there and they can help set you up perhaps by letting you shadow them and like that's an amazing opportunity that is going to set you out and it's going to give you that upper hand when you do graduate with that college degree and you have all that amazing experience all those certificates and everything that makes you shine out even better and that's just a quicker way to get a job before anybody else does so you can start paying back your student loans. Absolutely. No, that's that's a great advice and I really love the the fact that uh you uh really talked about uh making sure that you find a mentor uh out there, somebody that uh is going to be able to help you because you may you may um think that you know everything about profession X, whatever that is. And then you get there, and somebody might be able to tell you that, oh, yeah, everything that you see in the movies or you hear is true, but here's seven or eight different things that you didn't even think of. Here's some things that you didn't even know existed or things to take in consideration. So just having a chance to talk to somebody that's been in the profession for a while, I think it's spot on, it's excellent, and uh, it'll help you. And and then here's something else is – Maybe they'll they'll take you on as an intern. Maybe it's a paid intern. Uh, maybe it's maybe you don't get paid for the process, but maybe you're going to spend you know 16 weeks learning about X, whatever that is, 
You may even get college credit for it. Yeah, that unpaid internship can actually help you land that next job. And it's interesting that you said internship because when I was in my early 20s, I was still that psychology major. And basically, when I had a job, I means talking to somebody who happens to be a psychiatrist. So she definitely was in the psychology world. And when she found out I was a psychology major, she asked me um, why I wanted to major in psychology. So I told her. And she goes, you do realize you're going to need an internship, right? And I said, oh, I haven't gotten that far down in my education. She goes, oh, you're going to need one. So she opened her wallet, and she gave me her business card. And she goes, when it's time for you to start looking for an internship, give me a call, and I'll give you one. Yeah, see, and, and that's that's half the battle right there is being able to have the the, the correct people to talk to that can help you uh, find what you need. So uh, that's that's great, and these are all great uh, advice to be able to give the students. And um, again, we've been through it. We understand some of the pitfalls, and we we kind of know what what lays ahead out there. So just Take control of your situation in your career, and I think you're going to be in in great shape in terms of that. So, oh, can I, well, can I also mention something else that was forgotten? Every yep. college that you apply to, especially a four-year school, is going to require you to write an essay. When I was a senior in college, oh, not a senior in college, a senior in high school, I – my aunt wanted me to get ahead, so she paid for me to take a course in how to write that perfect college essay. Then I heard this story that basically changed the way I wrote my college essays, and I'm going to mention it to you guys so you can benefit from this. This guy was a college administration officer, and he said so many college students make the mistake of writing that boring, generic college essay. It makes it very boring to read. Yes, it's grammatically correct. Yes, you, it proves you, can ha- you have the writing skills, but it doesn't get, help set you out until he came across an essay of a student who decided to write in a unique style. He said her grades weren't that stellar. Her GPA could have been better. Her activities, mm-hmm. eh, the same generic. But what set her apart and what got her in, got her accepted to that school was her college essay. So she likes to bake and I don't remember the college question, but the way that she wrote that essay, she used the recipe to a cake as an analogy to the essay. So she described, like, the snowy peaks, mountains of where she was as sifting flour to make a cake. So however it was that she wrote the essay, she used used a great analogy of baking a cake to writing her essay. And that set her apart from all the other generic essays. So the mission officer said, oh, I'm going to admit this girl because she thinks outside the box. She's daring. She's bold. 
and she deserves a chance. So I'm going to go ahead and put her in the admit pile because she's unique, and I can't wait to meet this girl. And that girl graduated from that school with a journalism degree. Yep. So that's the best advice that I can give you. When you are writing your college essay, yes, it's important to be grammatically correct. Here's the secret. Go ask your English teacher to proofread your essays. That's what I did. Um, Basically, be unique, right? Don't be afraid to make a bold choice. Don't pick a generic topic. Don't write a generic essay, right? I'm not telling you to go out there and do the same thing that that particular woman did. I'm just saying use her style or her story as an inspiration to set yourself out just a little bit more different. I have not looked at a admissions um, requirement lately. I don't even know what um, questions are being asked. I think the most common is if you were writing an autobiography book, what would page 480-something be like? Take that unique boldness. I don't suggest right. you write yep. 170 pages before, but take that boldness and just be a little bit more uniquely you. Absolutely. Yeah, be you in the process because, you know, you don't want to be fake and, and you, people want to judge you for who you who you are, your accomplishments, what you can do, and what you're going to be like in the future. So I think those are all great advice. I know we're probably getting close to, to time here this evening. I think this has been a great um, start to what I'm going to refer to as, you know, the college experience that we're, we've been talking about. This is just the tip of the iceberg. We could talk for hours and hours about different things in the college process, but I can't stress enough, make sure that you stay in contact and uh, reach out to your admissions office of the colleges and universities that you're looking at. They are there to be your friend. They're there to help you in the process. And the more that you stay in contact with them and ask questions, I think the better off you're going to be in you know, make sure it's a good fit for you. Don't go there because it's close to home. Uh, that may be something that you want to look at, but make sure that, you know, it's a good fit because there's nothing worse than being in, the, in a place or a situation that makes you feel uncomfortable or you're just not happy being there. You want to be there. We want to see you succeed, um, and you want to succeed. So making sure that you find a good fit, I think, is is something that you really need to do. Any last minute party words tonight i did not mean to boggle your mind with all the things that i had to say i am so excited for you to start this adventure because i remember when i was a senior i was so excited to get out there and to learn what was out there waiting for me So I just want to encourage you to go ahead and pull the trigger and jumpstart. Jumpstart that journey. Jumpstart figuring out what it is that you're looking for in the school. Get all those brochures. Browse through those brochures. Take a look at their GPA requirements. If yours meets it, congratulations. If not, there's still time, maybe a quarter or two for you to pull that miracle and turn your grace around. I believe in you. You can do it. 
And for those of you who are about to take your SATs, take a deep breath, get good sleep, and good luck. I don't envy you for that. I did not enjoy taking my SATs. Yeah, and with those, um, that's just my parting words. I can't wait for you to start taking this journey. I can't wait to hear all about it. Please reach out to us if you have any other topics you would like for us to discuss. If you have a question, I will see if I can answer it. If not, I'll ask Doug. Yep, we will get you answered. So uh, that's all right. That's what we're here for. We want to help people. And so if we can't answer it, we will find the answer for you and, and reach out for it. So, uh, good. Well, it was a great episode. Let's just thank you uh, for, for the conversation and a lot of uh, good words and wisdom that you have for our, for our audience and our listeners. And as we say, you know, uh, in every episode, no matter where you go or what you do in life, remember all roads lead home. And I think another chance for youth could be your, your home. We're here to, to help you and, and make sure you succeed. So, Until we meet again, stay safe, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon in another episode. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We really hope that you enjoy the time with us and our great topic. If you have a great topic or something you really want to hear about, please contact us on our website at ac4y.org. Once again, that is ac.org the number 4y.org. Until the next time, remember, in youth we learn, in age we understand.